1: like I have a debt to pay to them, guys. We're going to win a Stanley Cup for them.
0: What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Undefeated Podcast, Podcast, Podcast. Wow. 2-0. we're going to get right into it, break down the games, break down what we've seen so far. But, um, look, I know Colorado's coming off a of back and back. I don't. We didn't realize that. I didn't realize that when we were first looking at the schedule. I didn't know if you did. No. Um, but apparently they arrived at 4 a.m. So we had the upper hand on them, but we, you still have to utilize the upper hand. This team has not done this in the past under previous coaches much to the fucking extreme frustration of fans, fans, but you see Colorado come back and pour it on. You see what they're made of, what they're capable of. You still find a way to win. In Edmonton, I mean, look, this is interesting because we talked about this on the, on the, the season preview podcast. If you're like... We said the same thing last year. Who's going to score all the goals, Uh, right? Rolling into last season, that was our biggest concern, was not a concern at all, all season long. Rolling into this season, we're still kind of back to that place. Well, we don't know. There's no way that top line is going to recreate what they did because could Chucky, Johnny, and Lindholm even recreated that? No. But we're seeing just two games into the season, so it's still early. But the same theme saw last season, and we've seen from this team in the past, which is scoring in bunches. You score a bushel against the Oilers in about fucking what six
1: minutes, eight minutes. Yeah, I looked at the clock and it was like, holy shit! There's still like what nine, only nine minutes, nine minutes was into it, the first or something.
0: Yeah, it was was it four when there was five goals in the in the first ten minutes of the game? Yeah, and that's why I'm not. I had zero confidence that we were going to win or, or, you know, I just didn't know what was going to I didn't think, I didn't necessarily think we were going to lose. I just didn't know because oh. we had two, we had two five goal leads at the playoffs that evaporated pretty damn quick. And this was 10 minutes into the game.
1: Yeah. Oh boy. Did the sports panel want the Oilers to come back? Holy shit. The flames Dude, played, the so flames pathetic. played probably one of the best first periods they've played like two games in, but that was an excellent first period. You right, score four goals, and what's the talk in the intermission? Oh, can't wait for the Oilers to come back! Holy shit! You score a bushel
0: against Edmonton, you score a bunch against Colorado. You know, in a pretty short time period. So, and if you really strip it back, that's the breaking. That's how you break down those two games. That's how the the Flames ended up winning, and then they hung on.
1: Yeah, but it wasn't hanging on for dear no, life. No. The third period last night was excellent.
0: That was probably one of the best, solid third period. You know, not giving up much while continuing to generate chances. We've seen from you know this team in the last what two three seasons is one of the best. I mean, they've done it a number of times, but fuck,
1: that was awesome. No, that was awesome, especially against the Oilers. Considering, like I said, like everyone's like, oh, they're gonna come back, and we have this freaking. Five, hey, I don't know if they mentioned it. You might have missed it because they only mentioned about 600 billion times that we lost to them in five games last year. Did you miss that or not? Yeah, I what?
0: I think I saw the the Connor McDavid yeah. fucking celebrating. Oh, oh, so yeah, he right? was so yeah. huge and excited that yeah. you, know, you know that would ever happen to him, but. His face looked like his eyes were going to
1: pop out of his head. Just love watching that 10 times every fucking night. Yeah, this is really fun. It's like a, a Dylan Dubase hits the post. Okay, well, let's watch a replay of a McDavid play from the playoffs last year instead. But um, yeah, it was nice to see them absolutely shut it down in the third period against the Oilers, given our PTSD from the last five games we have played them. Oh, I was...
0: It, it was interesting. We're up. Was it, we had a four-one lead or a five-one lead against four-one against the Oilers, five-one against the Avs. So four-one lead against Edmonton, and part of my mind is like, oh, just holding back yeah. from hopping on the phone, texting, and <laughs> social media. <laughs> oh, I know, right? It's so hard, but you have to because you know what could potentially happen. And they did make a game of it, thanks to the fucking atrocious reffing. Holy I shit! Mean, was the first goal a power play goal? The Edmonton scored.
1: Uh no, that was the CC goal, which was kind of a weird one. But um, then so, uh, oh yeah, because they only had one power play goal. Right? Yeah, they had the McDavid goal.
0: These these penalties, man! Oh my like God. it's it's it's, oh, it's unbelievable. The the great thing about the only good thing about it is that we actually have yeah a good team that might be able to fucking fight through. The entire broadcast jerking off the Oilers and fucking McDavid and co. I mean, Ron McClain wants to give McDavid
1: a, a pearl neckbeard. I'm pretty sure he, like, cried, like, I don't, oh, man. Did you it's, catch it's that? It's embarrassing. It is embarrassing. Did you catch
0: that? I sure did. A pearl neck beard, everybody. Or maybe he wants one from Connor. <laughs> Either way. Either or. Either way, we always know the bro the broadcast is going to be heavily one sided because they just can't contain themselves. Um, but not only that, but then the refing dude, it's like that's yeah, brutal. Okay, and the Oilers fans in the rink, they the influence so, calls, it's unreal, dude. There's so it's so sad. One guy, like you come down and just, someone taps, <laughs> it's like it's like all they know how to do it's wine. is dry wine, cry, and whine their way into getting a call because that's the
1: only way their fucking team can beat us. Well, I watched the Vancouver game where the Oilers came back and it's like, you can tell how these things go. Cause the, you know what? The Oilers suck five on five pretty much, you know, if McDavid's on the ice. So it's just like, they get caved in and it's like three nothing. And then it's just game management from the officials. Oh, they're down oh, god! give them power plays automatic goal. It's just insane. Ooh. Who was it? Coleman? Who got the Coleman? Got the the hooking penalty. He had one-handed. It was was it hooking? They called it. It was unreal. It It was unreal. He didn't even touch his fucking glove. So
0: I don't understand this anymore because I get it. The stick into the hands has now been called hooking for what seven years now. It's been a while, right? Everybody's adjusted, but you okay? Can you not try and lift a guy's stick from underneath his stick? Below his hands?
1: You're not allowed to do that anymore? And you're not allowed to do it with one hand? Dude, it was ridiculous. And you can't even touch him, I guess. Like, give me a fucking break. Even the one before that. Oh, that was was terrible.
0: Was it Was it Lucic? Even Manjus? Yeah. It's like Lucic. Lucic was pathetic. The guy is literally backing into him. And the guy falls. And you're just like... cross check How many... How bad... This officiating want this game to get yeah. even how <laughs> fucking bad do they want whether comeback right now
1: well and you're that's
0: it yeah you're sitting there and you're like you gotta listen to the jerk-off session all night long from the broadcast and you're mm-hmm. watching the officiating try and fucking make it one-sided it's like sure if you want to call the game a certain way i guess maybe I could, uh, you gotta come on here and complain about it just to
1: fucking <laughs> deal with it like, give me a fucking break that was atrocious oh well, it's a league-wide problem. It's definitely more towards the Oilers and McDavid, but it's just like it ruins the experience of watching what was a good, should have been a really good game. Where it's just like you, you know when the penalties are going to be called for your team, and you know when the penalties are going to be called against your team, right? It's just oh, yeah. when
0: when the fucking the the Flames have your by the fucking balls, eh? And it looks like your team's actually kind of pathetic. That's when the fucking you start getting all the calls. Best team, the best
1: league. Uh, drives it drives me nuts. Though again, like you said, though thank our penalty kill. Our penalty kill was gr- was great against the Oilers. I don't think they allowed a single high danger chance. I guess you could count McDavid's goal as that, but it was f- from pretty far out. I mean, wide open net. But penalty kill was phenomenal last night.
0: Yeah, I was listening to a bit of the fan, and they said that the they had the Flames only allowed one high danger chance on the power play, yeah. not including McDavid's goal, which which was but. Incredible because we—that's been a problem for for our team in the past—is dealing with that power play. But they did a great job both in entries, even late in the game. Like, hey, okay. well, talk, uh, talk about this late in the game, fucking throw the fourth line out there. But yeah, it scared the shit out of me. <laughs> the possession, right? Is oh yeah, during our penalty kills was so spot on. Everton at times had hard had a hard time getting possession of the puck. Of a masterclass
1: there on, on killing penalties. Yeah, and I mean even against the Avs, they had the shorthanded goal, it was great. The thing I think that was the most that stood out the most to me for the first two games was the fact that it felt like it felt like they didn't miss a beat from last year, right? Like the Flames didn't miss a beat in terms of what they do, in terms of how they play under Daryl. I mean, I, I know everybody's been like, you know, Uyghur stole the show in the, in the first game against the Avs, and Cadre was. Awesome last night. Oh my god, dude! (laughs) But I mean, to me, the thing that I was left like most impressed with was like the guys who were here last year, who Daryl talks a lot about, who those guys in that like twenty-three to twenty-nine age range who need to take a step this year. Like they all looked just as good, if not better, than they were last season. Anderson's been very good. Hannifin's been very good. Lindholm, dube manjapani Monjopani—these guys who were here last year, like into older guys, but Coleman and Backlund, the guys who were here and know the drill and know how to play Daryl Sutter hockey. Like they didn't miss a beat. Like they looked great. Like I think, cause it was weird because the days leading up to game one, I was kind of like getting nervous. Right. I was kind of like, I was kind of thinking like, man, I wonder if this is going to blow up in our, in Brad's face and the team's face. And we're going to be, you know, like maybe we should have just, when Kachuk and Gadrill left, maybe we should have just gone the rebuild route and tank for Bedard this year. Right. So I was kind of feeling a bit nervous, like heading into game one, being like, I know I'm confident. I think we're good, but I'm not sure. And then they come out in that first period. And that first period against the abs was Flames hockey. Outshot them. I think shots were like 14 to 3. Had the puck the entire period. They were great. That was an excellent first period. Had them ready to go. So I think that's what I'm most impressed with is that even though there has been a shit ton of roster changeover and some guys are still finding their way, through two games, it's it's Flames, Daryl Sutter hockey.
0: Oh, hundred percent. I mean, you bring up the the age range thing. What is it? Twenty what to what? He, he kinda
1: say? he kind of changes it every once in a while. It keeps you on his heels. I think he he's used he's been saying like twenty-three to twenty-nine lately. Yeah. And like you said, the player has got the memo, right? And what a yeah. what
0: a concept coaching. Because you know, before Daryl, I can't stop thinking about this because you look at where we are as flames fans currently and one thing that 99% of the fan base was fucking dead right about was we needed a fucking legitimate coach. Yeah. We all knew that there was the pen- potential was there. It wasn't necessarily the roster, it wasn't the individual players and What a fucking concept. This age range thing. Like how many times has he brought this up in the last two seasons? Yeah, it's been many, a lot, every few press conferences. And so how many times have you heard it before, Daryl? Yeah, never. Never in existence have ever heard of this concept. And so it's obviously something that he talks to the, the team about. And so if you fall within that age range, there's a clarity of what the expectation is for you. But again, it's another example of coaching. It's not you don't just it's like this whole thing when fucking everybody was standing up for Ward and even Galton when he was it was it was obvious that that experiment needed to be fucking over. Is no it, like the people that were on the other side of the fence, they were like, "Oh no, it's just the players. They need to find they're professionals. They need to find a way to just show up and fucking make it." No. They're fucking young. These are young men.
1: Yeah.
0: Right? It's like a lot of these guys, where, where do they mature? In the NHL. That's it. And sometimes it's in the later end of their career. It's like, no, they need coaching every step of the way. And you're seeing the impact on this team and this organization with a fucking legitimate head coach. How big of an Im- oh, impact is having?
1: I think, I think Hannafin and Anderson to me, and, I mean, you can maybe start to throw Dubé into that. But I think Hannifin and Anderson are two are the two like perfect examples of this because, you know, Hannafin's a guy I don't think, you know, I was never super high on. I was like, hey, I'm not seeing what, you know, the potential is there, but I'm not seeing it. How good yep. was he last year? How good has he been through the first two games this year? Anderson had the worst career, the worst season of, like, any defenseman I've ever seen in that bubble year under Ward. Yeah. And Daryl's guided him back to being a top four defender. So I mean they, even, they both
0: looked great against Edmonton.
1: Totally. I thought, well, I thought and Colorado. Yeah. And I think that prick, <laughs> man, that D. That D. We'll get to the Edmonton game individually, but that's another thing. I just am like, I, I couldn't stop like just I don't know if I was smiling because I was watching the Oilers play and I'm just in a fit of rage most of the time. But it was just like McDavid. For the most part, that was the least effective I've seen McDavid and Drysaddle in a long time. Oh yeah, hundred percent. And like, I mean, it sure is nice because you looked at the splits, how the centerman played against McDavid. It was pretty equal between Lindholm, Cadre, Backlund. We'll take your pick. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. It's like when Where you the have weakness? those three guys play against him at any given time, it's so, right? and then you have a layer of Uyghur, Tanev, Hannifin, Rasmus, Zadorov, and Stone, who've been underratedly awesome. Yeah. It's just like shit i think we got a good team here
0: because it was 4-1 like we said 10 minutes into the game i'm like i haven't not even i'm not even wasn't even being a dick
1: i had not noticed mcdavid once yet well the best i noticed him when he was floating on the manji goal you see that one that was sweet (laughs) he just manji's potting and he just floats by it's good
0: you mentioned it um last season, into the season, don't even miss a beat. But they do it with a bit of resilience because you're, you're facing the, the the cup champs. They score in the first shot of the game. We've seen this
1: be a bit of a backbreaker in the past. We've heard and, all this freaking week about how they haven't won an opener in 28 years. You
0: had fucking Markstrom with there's some question marks around Markstrom after how the season ended. And fucking they bounced back like it was it was nothing. Like that one goal early in the game meant dick all.
1: Came back, dominated the rest of the game. Well, yeah, not the, the rest of the game, but yeah. dominated to get their lead. Most then, of that game, yeah. yeah. It was it was a, a five-on-five clinic for the Flames in the first period, both first periods.
0: And then the same can be said against the Oilers, right? The Oilers, Oilers come back, make it a one-goal game. In my head, I'm like, okay, here we go again.
1: Yeah. Oh, we
0: totally. But, but then they... They have a response third period. And, I mean, this, this team is from last year. I don't know if it's necessarily an involvement over here or it's an infusement of the new players, you know, the maturity that they bring, or maybe it's both. But, I mean, you're talking about Codry's impact in game two against the Oilers. <laughs> Dude. I'm And, you know, you're comparing because it it's just like Kachuk was way different imp- than that. And you're looking at how effective that that impact that Kadri brought translated into helping you win the game, not just make it an entertaining game. What?
1: <sighs> dude. Well, dude. Kadri looked unbelievable. He was in game so two. he was so good. And he, he's fit in seamlessly. Like I think Hubert O's struggled a little bit and he looks a little bit lost out there right now, but we'll talk about that later. But like Cadre has just come in and fit like a glove and not even just with the team and how they play, but just like in terms of what this team has needed for five, six forever, you know? And I think that's the key point, right? Because it was, I found it weird. Like this, the broadcasters were just so hell bent on like this, like oh, the Battle of Alberta needs a new villain now. The Kachuk's gone, and it's Nazam Kadri and all his antics. I was like, what antics? It's like right? you know, like the the defining feat. Like everybody seems to think that the Flames needed a guy like Kadri to replace Kachuk's grit and Kachuk's what you know, his, the stuff he does, not in play, the extracurricular stuff. And it was like, you know, it was it was interesting because Evander Kane's like start trying to start shit with Kadri, right? Yeah. He, he just like fuck off. And then he played a hell of a game and scored two goals. He and beat you on the scoreboard. Beat you on the scoreboard, but right, like that's what the Flames needed. The Flames didn't need a gritty pain in the ass troublemaker to replace Matthew Kuchuk. The Flames have just outside of Matthew Kuchuk have needed a top six centerman who can make plays, skate with the puck, and score goals. And boy, did he do that last night.
0: Dude, how unreal is it? And maybe we, I don't want to get too ahead of ourselves because it's we're game two. But you're sitting there, you're watching the game. You have your top line. You got Home, You know is one C, but this is your second center. That line, <laughs> like was... he could he could be a one C on half the teams in the league. That
1: line was so good, but so I mean, good. right? Like you saw it. You saw the goal he scored. You saw the the play he made that set up uh, Monchaponti's goal. You just saw him doing things that elite centermen do that the flames haven't really had, because I, again, like even when Monahan was good, you know, like Monahan back those two guys aren't really like the kind of center two-way centerman that Nazem Kadri is. They don't really carry the puck a lot. Monahan doesn't carry the puck a lot at all. You know, the the flames have never really had, um, a guy who carries the puck down the middle. And Lindholm doesn't do that. All, all the, all the puck, transition game have usually come from the d or or, or like johnny gaudreau he's so good at it now you have a guy who's down the middle and i think Backlund's you know he does okay bringing the puck in and out of the zone but cadre just like at another level it's just they finally have a legit center ice men in that two c spot and it's just oh man he was so good to
0: the he was left. so good so good and I, I, you know, you do a good job of kind of breaking it down. Like, yeah, this, the speed up the middle. And I mean, you think about it, how is open up Dylan Dubay's game? Fricky.
1: Right. Dubay looked great.
0: dubay has been one of those guys where you're just like, hey, well, who's
1: he been paired with? Everybody and nobody. He's played with outside of that, that like 20 game stretch in the bubble where Jeff Ford decided it'd be a great idea to have him play with Kachuk and. Uh, Lindholm in like a freaking like top on best on best line which he couldn't handle but I mean other than playing with Lindholm with Chuck for 20 games he's played with what everybody who's not good I think playing with two guys like Kadri Mangipani who can do a lot of heavy lifting if he can just develop into a stronger two-way player and do what he's doing right now which is score goals then he's gonna be he's gonna have a breakout season well, just if you're Dubé, just let Cotterie set set the pace, right? And
0: just keep up to that pace. I mean, Cotterie is going to drive that line. Totally. And and Dubé can be an excellent addition, an element to
1: Cotterie's game. We already know Manjupani will be. But, yeah, dude, that line was unbelievable. So, so fast and just a monster on the forecheck and just all over the place. <laughs> it looks I mean, good.
0: I mean, you're saying like, yeah. The broadcast is, you know, the whole new villain thing with Kadri. With and yeah right, like, he he wasn't overt in going to create stuff. But woven into the game still, because I remember fucking, he was my in my top three most hated players last season. Kadri, right up there with McDavid and Dreisaitl. And last year, he pissed me off more than McDavid and Dreisaitl, But because it's McDavid and Dreisaitl, you <laughs> you know, they don't take the one and two positions, you know, they don't come down from those, but he's just, he does it differently. He's not like a Like you saw it after his, his, uh, his filthy goal against Oilers, how he celebrates up into the face of the crowd or, right, you know, right along the glass. He's just, these little things, right? I'm sure he was saying shit to Kane. I'm sure he was fucking, I'm sure he was being very effective, and it's interesting because, like you said, I don't know what the Oilers' game plan was. They're going after Uyghur. They're going after Qadri. Yeah. They're trying to start shit. And nobody on the flames I mean, was like responding in any way. And you're kind of like, okay, where's Lucic? Do somebody. Do something. I would much rather, I will take this 100 to 100 to respond. To did, just put up goals. I'll take that every fucking day. Oh, when totally. The game at the end of the day is much more important, and it's going to piss them off. It was funny because once we were up 4-1, do you see any more antics from Edmonton? Kane Probably disappeared. Kane disappeared. Faded into into oblivion after that. <laughs> so I don't know. That'll be an interesting storyline. It's unfortunate we'll leave games with the Oilers, but...
1: I don't know. I'm kind of good What's with it. The, Those games are too hard on me, anyways. It's like I'm actually good to have like three games this year.
0: Cadre's a shit starter. You even saw it with uh, in, in uh, the Avalanche game where he drew that penalty, but made sure he plowed over the goalie while doing it. And you remember this? Remember this play? Yeah. <laughs> and it, the the camera pans to Coach Bednar on the Avalanche
1: bench. He's just like he can't help but it's smile because like he knows shit. he knows exactly. What went down? I I don't want to sit here and like compare him to Kachuk and stuff and be like, oh, I like him better now and shit because you know I watched the end of that Buffalo game the other day, and Kachuk's out there starting massive shit, and I said that I was over him a few weeks ago, and I still miss that little prick. So I they just do it di- they do it differently, and I think just Cadre brings Cadre brings an element of right. He's one, he's one. He brings an element of maturity and knowing what it takes, and I think. The fact, you know, like, I, I think Chuck probably would have got into it with Kane if that was the situation and started some. Oh, 100% ma- massive shit in that first game. Kadri yep. knew the time and place not to do that. But then. What probably
0: happens next, right? Chucky starts shit now. Now it's a heated affair and then probably just motivates the Oilers even more. And then they fucking shit can us.
1: I don't well, and know. Well, not, not to say that's what have yeah, happened, but, but I, that's I don't want to happen in the playoffs. So exactly. I mean, and again, on the scoreboard, right? Where did Kadri make his difference? And I'm not saying Matthew Chuck never did, but he kind of disappeared in that playoff series. So.
0: well, I mean, just the the, the, the two C factor yeah. that we were talking about, plus the speed. It's just like we needed this so bad. Totally. Um so I don't know. We'll see how it plays out as the season goes on. But yeah, that was interesting because the Oilers were trying to start shit that whole entire first period and the Flames only response was just to fucking beat them, which was fucking unbelievable. Which was
1: awesome, which was not to get off their game or, you know, and I just think that did such a good job against McDavid and, you know, serious, like I said, the, the 3C thing too, but the deep man, having Uyghur and Tanev and Rasmus and Hanifin be your top four is looking pretty good Dude. because Mackenzie Weger, If if last night was the Cadre Show against the Oilers, Mackenzie Weger oh. made his stamp on the Flames in Game One against the Avalanche. Holy shit! Damn, he was so good. Just he he touched the puck. He had the puck all night. He makes that great play on the opening goal by. Remember when we were saying who's going to score the first goal this season? How many Brett Ritchie?
0: The only people. Picking Brett Ritchie, we're doing it in
1: jest, right? Like that was, but that's a sweet goal because you, you know, like that was huge, and that's a great play by Lucic and a good, good, uh, good, good on Richie for finding that spot. But that all starts with Weger. He goes zone to zone with that, takes a shot, retrieves his own shot attempt, and then takes a pretty nifty little route to like he goes between Lucic. And the Colorado player, both Colorado D, follow him behind the net and leave Richie wide open. That was all McKenzie Wieger right there. And then, I mean, that freaking play he makes on the Rasmus-Anderson goal out of the penalty box, he blocks a shot, shin pad to stick to freaking t- frozen rope pass right to Rasmus, tape to tape. That was sweet, too. That was one of the sexiest
0: things I've seen in months because... You gotta go back to last, last season. I mean, that's that's why I fucking. I mean, this this first opening game, man, was so fucking juicy. Hey, you're back, you're back in the you're back in the dome, red yeah. everywhere. You're wearing those sexy uniforms. You're the, f- the fucking pyrotechnics are going off all night. You're playing the cup champs. You're fucking kicking their ass. What were the shots at one point? It was
1: just like dude, fourteen to three after the first period.
0: It's like this is fucking unbelievable. This is what we were doing last year. We haven't even missed a fucking beat. Dubé's goal was, was awesome, shorthanded.
1: Well, we and, touched on Dubé's development, but Daryl has said, you know, like he he told – because Dubé looks stronger, man. and yeah. he's He 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 was first in fitness testing the second year in a row. Yeah. But I Daryl mentioned it the other night. He's like we asked him to get like, yeah, like bigger. bigger and stronger over the offseason. He's done that, and you can see it. Yeah, bulk up a bit.
0: I mean, the broadcast <laughs> made a good point. You, you break that – Goal down. He had to fight through, check, then fight through the linesman mm-hmm. uh, without losing any speed. Came through. Um, chose to to. Shoot. I mean, Majiopani should have shot in the exact same spot against Edmonton. Tried to pass it through a guy yeah. to Dubay, but shoots when you should take the shot. Snipes that goal is fucking oh so sexy. <laughs> Dude, that Anderson. <laughs> I mean, it was funny because the the, the media is asking Daryl, what do you think about the Anderson goal? you know, and he's just like, well, when's, the last, when's do you think you're ever going to see a fucking
1: so defense breakaway? Break break like fuck. that was hilarious. That was sweet. and Ras, he scored it has he scored on a few breakaways? I feel like I've seen him do that move before. maybe not. I don't know if I've seen him do that. usually he goes shelf.
0: But like no, you know, no, he,
1: he scored a sweet goal against the Coyotes last year, like that. It wasn't a breakaway, but he dangled everybody and made the same move. He's so sweet.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you broke down the play leading up to it, but man, that pass. Cause like Weger's fighting through guys, and he knows that if he just takes one step over, he's already looked. He knows he's gonna be there. So that pass was unbelievable and then the finish, dude. I, yeah, that it, was <laughs> expect i mean the first thought you're thinking is like oh fuck it's rachel sanderson <laughs> anybody i guess maybe back. take him, yeah exactly take him over backland but you're like the fucking just dangles goes fiver five let's say <laughs> you were like can you
1: imagine if it was backland with that breakaway against the Oilers last night
0: yeah well Carter's breakaway <laughs>
1: yeah Probably yeah fuck probably into, like into, the pass, corner. into the corner but uh that yeah and then um The the power play I still am not in love with, but they did score two goals and that freaking Hubert Ode Linholm connection on the power play was just just, that was awesome.
0: Dude. That was funny because I'm freaking out texting you. And your sports net or something cut out.
1: Oh jeez, I didn't even see the goal live. By the way, the Rogers holy shit! I made the miss. I did it again. We bought it. It's terrible. It's so bad. Like the boards are always glitching out. That's like it's Rogers Sportsnet now is terrible. It just glitches and freezes and logs you. It's unbelievable.
0: Yes. Yeah, too bad Game Center got canceled. So that to fully goal every time I see a foot. Oh, there's been a lot of foot deflection goals so far to start the, the first week in the NHL. There's been a lot. Every time I see one of the highlights, I fucking go. Right back into PTSD. Yeah,
1: it's weird. Uh, how they all been allowed too, eh?
0: Every single one of them. Not even reviewed. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that uh, final goal of the game. The yeah Huberto. We needed the, that. that. You needed goal. that one. Oh man. You needed that.
1: You needed that. Was the topper of the home opener, and I mean, I think you needed that one because Huberto has been like, yeah, like I said, a little lost five on five, just kind of working into the new system. But that was a flash of like, because I didn't. Did you anybody see that coming? Everybody on planet Earth would have tried to jam that in there and. He just waits, 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 waits. And then Lindholm with that I like how Lindholm has that patented thing where he doesn't one time jam it, right? Like he scoop he he does like the cradle. Yeah. He just cradles and whips it. It's sweet. Yeah, it's a whip.
0: Although I don't like it on the, the PP as much instead of a one time option.
1: Yeah, apparently the Flames will never get the memo to have a one time option.
0: Well, they did one to defoley and then he hit the post. He beat the goalie, hit the post. But
1: Yeah, don't try that again.
0: I mean, the power play late in the game against Edmonton looked unbelievable. Yeah, that one
1: stretch. And the thing is, did you notice Daryl actually left? He never does this, but he, please God, Stark, he let the top unit have an extended power play. Because usually you're one and done. And he gave them, like, I think a full minute almost. Well,
0: Toffoli was a one time option there. That was the most dangerous chance. So hopefully that wasn't a fucking accident. Dude, Michael Stone.
1: Okay, including playoffs, dating back to last season, he has 14 points in his last 22 NHL games. Dude, including playoffs, dating back to whatever date you threw out there, he's been the fucking MVP of this team. (laughs) The word of a lie. Like, those first two goals, how, like, again, like because Codry kind of took over the game after that, but what a story, man. Dude,
0: it's unbelievable. And again... Ryan Pinder, I was right. You were wrong. (laughs) Eh? When we first got him from Arizona, way back in the day, he was like, he has a really dangerous shot because he was. This is Michael Stone, how he plays. He blasted, he blasted, he blasted. Our PP was struggling hard. And I was like, Do you think they should try him on PP? He's like, No. He never played PP in Arizona. Why would
1: he play PP here? Because he's got a fucking bomb. Dude, why don't they have him set up, not even at the point, have him set up on the left? flank and just fire one timers it
0: doesn't matter where he sets up like <laughs> the fucker dude when he gets it his, he's wind, he's got such a fast wind up for a slap shot and it's like he's skating 10 feet into it that's how hard he shoots you see the fucking clock on that thing it's like a, over, it's over 100 miles an hour freaking ray heat seeking missile that thing it's like <laughs> Zdeno Chara skates in from the red line with all his momentum has all the time in the world this is in the skills comp Fires at fucking under 100. Michael Stone's fucking getting a quick pass on his back foot, ripping it over 100 miles an hour.
1: Scan steroids? Maybe that's his secret.
0: <laughs> right? That's why... He, I don't know. But, like, dude, he's such a threat on the blue line. He's the biggest threat we have on the blue line. And, again, I always love... Defenseman in my own zone that actually want to break up a play with a body check instead of yeah, fucking... totally old school, yeah. But uh, that was so fitting that back on scores the first goal. Against did, you see, did you see plugs. him giving it
1: to them, the fans in the front row? No, on a celly. oh yeah, I missed it, yeah. All that was remember when the, those freaking losers were harassing him and Manji in the elevator.
0: Did you see this clip? I don't know if it's real or if someone dubbed the audio, but did you see this clip? What? It was going around social media of the Oilers apparently coming off. Oh, this, okay. So walking. what this is,
1: this is from years ago. Yeah, this oh, is. Okay. So back in Rexall Place, they used to have to walk through the concourse to get to the dressing room. Yeah. And it was in the middle of one of their, like, I don't know. They had 10 million years where they lost like 70 games. Yeah. Name your season. Yeah, I don't know if it was thirty. I don't know. Pick any time between like nineteen ninety nine and no! two thousand fifteen. One, two, three, four, five. But yeah, they're just getting I can the count. Sh- they're just getting the shit boot out of them. It's amazing. Okay, yeah, because I was going around the uh, for my first thought was like this can't be real. Yeah, no, that, that that's real. It's from from a long time ago, but it's real. You gotta love the Oilers fans. Yeah
0: throwing a jersey all, toss all they can do is count to five that's yeah. all they that's all they know how to do and and again my whatever I threw out there in preseason rings true again if you lose yeah they berate you mm-hmm. when you beat them they still berate you like there's there is no off switch no. there's no shame. Yeah, There's they have zero. they
1: have no shame. They're like posting before the game memes about how the, the Flames are scared to play Markstrom and they're going to light Vladar up. And then their freaking prize off-season goalie gets lit up and they're just like they don't they have no shame. They have zero shame. And they just no. go 4-1,
0: 4-1. Oh good, you can count. Yeah. Just a five though. Just a five. See, it's always up to four to one. That's about it, or five. They, they can't go any higher. That's all they were taught in school.
1: Okay, we're gonna count to five again, everybody. And how how as while we're on the Oilers team, how bad is that Wayne Gretzky Connor McDavid MGM commercial, dude? Could you get any more cringe? No, Wayne. Should Gretzky... you be golfing? Oh, man. At least Gretz was okay for the first half and then McConnor just McDavid fucking is, McDavid is the cringiest pro athlete. Oh, of all time. Of all time. Like it's true. He's so bad.
0: He's gonna go down as one of the top ten athletes of all time for their sport and will forever be the cringiest.
1: It's just brutal. For
0: eternity. Not to mention he's fucking butt ugly, but yeah. I don't know if we've
1: mentioned that before. Yeah, probably probably not. It's probably the first time,
0: <laughs> dude. You called it. Who who's the demon that fucking just absolutely gave Kadri a wide open lane? Like, who was that? Oh, it was Brett Kulak, our old pal. Oh, he broke his doing ankle us, there, doing us a favor.
1: Eh? We Still just, flame at heart. Forgot how to skate backwards, hey eh, Brett. I guess the other thing we didn't talk about is Vladar was really good. Yep. Skinner was really good when he oh, was there. Skinner was freaking awesome.
0: Two goaltenders in a third period it was a clinic, dude.
1: Hockey fans, it's finally time to hit the ice again, and thanks to DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, you are in for a great season. New customers can bet just five bucks on any team and get two hundred bucks in free bets if they win. You can turn small bets into bigger payouts with same-game parlays. You can combine multiple bets, like which team will win, how many goals will be scored and more for your shot at an even bigger payout. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use the promo code THPN, bet $5 on any NHL team to win in their game and get $200 in free bets if they do. That code is THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See the show notes for details. Um no, he he was really good like the Flames the Flames press hard. I mean, they hit a few posts too, so he had a bit of luck. But yeah, know, he was—he was really good. But Vladar, What's... Vladar made the say like, and that's the other thing. Everyone was like, "Oh, he's not starting Markstrom because because it's the Oilers." And I mean, you know what? Like, if I, knowing Daryl, I kind of think that might have actually been part of it. Um, he would never say that publicly. He wanted to downplay it as much as he he could, but he does like he part of his methodology with netminders is playing like not playing guys who they haven't had success against. I mean, I've heard him talk about that before. So, um, That's what they do in baseball. Yeah. Like, why would you? So I, I'm not like thinking, Oh, and did you see Markstrom's pressers from the dude. day before? Like, dude dude. dude, dude is like, if you're worried about Markstrom, I, 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 I don't know what to say. I'm not worried about Markstrom. So I thought it was a great move. Daryl says he wants to give Ladar into a game a week this year, which is awesome. I thought it was awesome getting him in right away. Yep. And this dumb bullshit of like, hey, let's because if you wait, you're going to wait forever, right? It's like, well, we have to play Marks from against the yep. Oilers. And it's the next game, we, like, we to, Yeah, I do.
0: Wait like 30 games.
1: It's just like you can't you have to put him in on schedule. So make a schedule and stick to it. So I'm glad to see him getting him in early. And he like, dude, did he not earn a start of the first two games in preseason? He was the best player on the team by a freaking mile. Yeah. So good call by Daryl. And he was great.
0: Do you want to put that uh, Markstrom clip in there? Oh, yeah. Getting fucking grilled by the media? I'm going to put it in right here. Do yeah, feel
1: that way, like, two statement games right off the top to start the season? Or No, two points yesterday, and then we play for two points tomorrow.
0: Have been talking in the room about, you know, not letting what happened last year for the team where they opened the game up a little too much? Has that been talking in the room at all?
1: No, I think... Uh... More reporters and media who dwell in the past. Uh,
0: you've been pretty open about the frustration of the second round of last year in the playoffs. Will that be in the back of your mind tomorrow as you face the Oilers again? Game two of a new season.
1: <laughs> media who dwell in the past, dude. Dude just fucking stares him
0: down too, eh? See that? This is a like, dude. If you're looking at the clips, it's on both the social medias, but. Yeah. I Markstrom eye, Markstrom's eyes are like they are gonna pop right out of his fucking head, especially when he stares down for, uh, Francis. Fucking F- fantastic! Yeah, that was great. I like that side of Markstrom. Yeah, give me more of that, please. Yeah, that was awesome. Cicadre so has a money goal. Manjiapani, our boy. How cool is it? You're watching Manji I know. Scores this goal I, <laughs> like we hey, just talked to this motherfucker. Yeah,
1: I was like, there's my freaking buddy." Yeah, hey, yeah, we just had him on. Hey, yeah, yeah. that yeah, was deal. sweet. This is fucking awesome yeah that line has impressed me so much and again like you know what Manj is gonna do but i i just maybe kind of forgot how good Kadri was because you know what like man he's good well i don't even know if i knew exactly how good he was God. but fuck man like shit at, I, th- at this
0: point you're like when is that gonna become the top line
1: right oh totally because the top line has been lackluster to say the best at five on five
0: and okay, I mean, I don't
1: mean it's like, yeah, let's get into the top
0: line. Let's get into it. Because thoughts on the first two games, I mean, hey, it's early. We're not going to spend too much time breaking this stuff down. But what are your thoughts on the top line? Because, like you said, outside of the a couple of power
1: plays, mostly in game one, you haven't seen much. You haven't seen much. Yeah. It looks like a guy who is playing, who's played his first two games on a new team in Huberto, it looks like a guy who has two new line mates who are very different from his old line mates in Lindholm, and it looks like a guy in Toffoli who I'm not sure about Toffoli actually. Well, dude, he's getting chances. I mean, because he, he's getting oh fed. yeah, like he's Hubie get- is feeding this. But guy. he there's a there's a few feeds he hasn't been ready for. <laughs> no. no in the game one like there was a first shift where huberdo came out gangbusters and gave him like 15 oh, fuck, passes yeah. it was like here take it score it to oh, you missed. here's another one take another one take another one take another one so i i don't know i i'm not worried about huberdo because we've seen like i think he was pretty invisible against the oilers when it wasn't the power play but you saw against the abs his skill and what he's capable of and if you're worried about a guy who scored 115 points last year and set the NHL record for assists by a left winger, you're nuts. He's going to be fine. But he definitely, there's definitely looks like there's an adjustment period to playing how how Daryl wants him to play individually and how he fits with how this team plays as a whole, too. So I'm sure I thought, I thought a while.
0: I've thought Hubies looked good. I feel like Tofoli has kind of been the anchor on that line so far, but I feel like. To Foley might just snap right into it too. Like if they once him and Hubie kind of get a sense and a feel for each yeah. other, because the feeding is not going to stop. But this guy can distribute the puck. I mean, he the way he distributes the puck is no, it's completely different from how Johnny Gaudreau does or did. Right, Johnny comes down on the zero and three Blue Jackets. You don't know what he's going to do. And then as soon as he cuts to the middle, now he's got all his options open. And Johnny's kind of like the guy where he waits until the very, 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 very last moment and then dishes it to the guy all along front. Whereas Hubie's like, he's he's finding these seams. Because there's a few on the power play against Edmonton. You're like, holy fuck. Like, Remember that little uh, skills competition thing where the Sedines just fucking annihilated it, where it's like they're shooting into those nets that are the size of a puck from like... All the way across the ice, dude. He's like finding these little tiny seams, cross ice creases, cross ice passes. I mean, they're like there was zero room
1: on a way to get it through. Like,
0: he's he's actually impressed yeah, me the way he's he,
1: distributing. It's it's kind of like he forces a pass, whereas, like, most people you'd look at that and be like, that was a forced pass that you shouldn't yeah, have made. Yeah, that, but got, that like, got turned over. But he gets it
0: through. He gets it through. Yeah, that's what I've seen so far from him. Um, and I, I do think. Toffoli is going to either have to figure it out and start burying shit because he's getting a lot of chances, man. Um, But he might just be a bit of an anchor. We'll see on that top line.
1: Yeah, I think maybe, like, I don't know. Like, obviously, you notice a difference not having Kachuk, a guy like Kachuk on that top line. I think because, you know, like, you were doing good, do a lot of the same things. But, you know, having a guy like Kachuk, who that's why I think that line worked so well together last year. Not so well. That's why I think that line dominated last year was because of the addition of Chuck, a guy who is so good along the boards and is so good at maintaining possession in the offensive zone, just like keeping plays alive in the corner and everywhere in the offensive zone. So you, you don't have that element from a guy like to That's why I've always been like, okay, maybe a guy like Manji Yapani would be a better fit up there if you're trying to have a more dominant first line, but um. Yep. We'll, we'll see. If, it's been two. It's been two games, and you know is gonna be fine. You know Lindholm's gonna be fine. It's just a matter of like if Toffoli can come make it work. Well, you hope that he does, because that line would be fucking money. Yeah, but and Toffoli, I mean, like
0: if Toffoli plays the entire season on that top line, I don't see how, how he... there's no way he doesn't score twenty goals.
1: Oh yeah, it's probably like. You know, maybe Galaxy braining it a bit. It's like Tofoli's a good finisher. Hubert O's one of the best passers in the world. So, yeah, it's a fit. Yeah. We just haven't seen a lot
0: of chemistry yeah. outside of some sick power play. But, you know, if Toffoli doesn't work, I agree. So put Monge up there. And then maybe Coleman needs to go up to the second line. Because yeah. yeah.
1: Toffoli with Kadri and Dubey, I don't know what that either. I keep totally. forgetting about the Coleman line because it's like, man, it's just like oh, dude. rolling one... those three lines oh. out was like and I again I thought the first line kind of I don't know if they were invisible, but they they were kind of invisible five on five against the others. But like those two, those the two three lines were great. And the fourth line was phenomenal too. Actually. Right.
0: There was one moment I think in the third period, deep into the game, where it's just like McDavid can't get anything going. And like oh yeah, here comes the fucking third line shutdown line.
1: Here comes Blake Coleman and Michael Baglin. Yeah, have fun with that. We well, have fun with that line.
0: <laughs> right? It's like finally, yeah, you could, you could utilize Baglin in that three
1: C. Totally asking for that forever. Yeah, they little, just came they just came in waves. It was awesome.
0: What was your thoughts on on Daryl rolling out the fourth line? Because they did. There was one shift. Oh yeah, fucking dominated.
1: They just but, hemmed him in for like two minutes. It felt
0: like. Yeah, but then he had him right back out there, and it was it was a different story after that. But oh, yeah, he, has, he was yeah. playing them late in the game, dude. It
1: scared me. I I think there was like a minute fifty on the clock with like one goal game, and Richie Lewis and or yeah. Richie Rooney and Lucic were out there, and it did definitely scared me. But yeah, I mean, I think Brett Ritchie had like a ninety six expected goal for to share last night. Like, it's just nuts. So um, no, they've been good. I mean. Lucci, you know what you're gonna get at a Lucci, you know You're gonna get at a Richie. I thought Rooney's been fine. At least he's fast. Um, you know what? Like I like Trevor Lewis, but I do think that Wine would definitely benefit from a stronger, you know, a stronger third back than a Coleman. So,
0: yeah, yeah. There was one shift against Simpson where that
1: fourth line, they, uh, I think
0: it was in the third period, they kind of set the tone. They just fucking got the pucks in deep and was cycling and throwing bodies around and. Just like yeah, dude, this is fucking excellent. Yeah, because it was like maybe Daryl was sitting there looking at ice time, right? Because everybody's doing heavy lifting, you throw them out there. Got the freshest legs. They were really good in the third period.
1: Yeah, they were really good. He he does that before the fresh leg things for sure. Um, and I mean people complain about it because sometimes I I remember there was a game last year where he had done that. Remember, I think he had the Lewis Lucic Richie line out, and they got scored on late in the game um but yeah he's known to do that yeah. i mean i guess we're just kind of talking about individual guys we've talked about stone for sure but i thought the had a couple of, you 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 pointed this out too the had yep. a couple of really solid games yeah dude across the board i think everybody's been like just solid like sure huberto hasn't found his level through two games yet to hasn't clicked with him yet but that's about it everybody else has been like yeah they've been really good yep.
0: so we got Vegas Buffalo Carolina this week the Vegas is going to be a good test I mean yeah. the, Col- the Colorado they came in a little bit tired obviously Um, but it's still Colorado so it's a big win
1: Oilers fuck those great I think Vegas is what are they 3-0? dude they're looking good Jack Eichel's looking good man
0: It'll be cool to see how we match up if we end up beating them. Like, how cool would it be if we dominate them, dude?
1: Well, I, yeah, I always like playing Vegas because – well, not like – I always am curious to see how the Flames fare against Vegas because yeah. Daryl always talks about them as a team. That's yeah. like a prototype to winning. They're big, they're strong down the middle, and, I mean, maybe not so much anymore, but they have a great D, and they're still big and really tough to play against. <laughs> so they're 3-0, they're rolling, and they're still, to me – a really good team, despite everybody forgetting how good they were because they sucked last year. So I, frick, man. Is that on home? Yeah, that's on home ice, right? Yeah, okay. We usually fare okay against someone on home ice, but... Yeah, that's true. We suck in Vegas. <laughs> we haven't won in Vegas yet. Still haven't? Pretty sure.
0: Oh, boy. So, okay, and then you got Buffalo. They're one and one. I don't think anybody's picking them to be a Can do much this season, so that's a must-win game. Yeah, you got to win that one. Carolina's two and zero. They've looked looked pretty good.
1: Pittsburgh. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna be gonna be a gonna be a telling week. But if they play, if they play like they played in the first two games, then you're gonna win more often than not. Yeah, we'll be happy.
0: All right, man. Anything else you want to cover?
1: Uh the Wranglers played their first game today. Did you go? Uh Mm -hmm. no, I watched it. I was gonna go, but then there weren't any like good seats left. So it's see it was like a sellout almost. So um, it was kind of fun to watch. Like HL hockey is a different beast. There's a lot of mistakes. So the games are high scoring. It was feisty. Matt Phillips. They lost six five. They they didn't play very good in the first period. They sucked. Dustin Wolf was great. Phillips looked good. Had a goal. He had two goals. He had two goals. He looked good. Um the jeremy poirier looked really i know he's a bit of a every time he's on the ice it's a bit of a de- adventure defensively but he looked he was fun to watch so i think they're a fun little team to watch this year i'll i'll get to a few games this year for what, sure. what was the score in the game Six six five four coachella valley they lost overdone they lost no they were down like five one at one point Jeez. yeah <laughs>
0: All right. Um, like you said, it's still super early, but, man, have we seen some good stuff uh, in the first few games of the season? Um, again, I'm not, like, super excited over here, but I'm pretty impressed. What, what I'm so I'm
1: super impressed. You just beat the Stanley Cup champion and, like, probably the two teams who everybody would say are the best in the West, even though I wouldn't say that, but the Stanley Cup champion and your rival who just kicked your ass in the playoffs, and you beat them both pretty convincingly. Yeah.
0: And I mean the best part about what the week is You heard it here on the start of the podcast We're fucking I was actually mad about something again eh? The fucking broadcast And the jerk off session it Feels good to have the passion Blowing Through the veins again
1: Cushion, cushion is a pillow You know for everyone that thought I was a liability In the playoffs you can kiss my ass